hey Emily. Oh hey Megan. Cool microphone. Where'd you get it? <sighs> Listen, guys, there was a package that showed up at my house to the birthday girl, which was me, and it was from my sister Megan, and it's a brand new fancy microphone, so that we don't have to deal with all the technical issues we've been dealing with. Cause I have a wonderful sister. Oh. Meg, also, we need to tell people what you got for your birthday and what I got for my birthday from one of our other sisters. Well, first, I wanted to say something else about your present. It's so funny because just like a couple days after Emily got this new microphone, our one Way of Kings episode that was just like full of pops and clicks went up. So I was like, oh, I'm so glad I got that microphone. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the other sister, one of the other sisters bought us a great present for our birthday. Emily and I both have birthdays in September. We're mm-hmm. we're very McElroy that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Emily, would you like to tell them what the amazing gift was? My gift was a black sweatshirt, a black hoodie sweatshirt with our sister made me view it logo printed on it. Yeah, the Roswell colors. Oh, you got yes. the Roswell colors. That's I so got fun. the Roswell colors. What colors did you get? I got the Way of Kings colors. Oh, so the funny thing is, so I got an, another package in the mail before all of this, and it was a microphone cover, and I thought that it was from that other sister. And so I called her up. I'm like, your gift came and it's really sweet. Thanks. Like, that was it. Like, thank you for the gift. And it, and because my gift was significantly delayed, I don't know why it took so long for my sweatshirt to get there, but apparently my other sister had just thought I didn't like the sweatshirt and so was really, like, flippant about, like, oh, thanks for the present. <laughs> I didn't know she got me a sweatshirt until it came in the mail. So I had to call and apologize to her for making her feel bad because... I'm just like, oh, she's trying to support my podcasting thing and help me have better sound quality. No, the the microphone and the microphone cover was from Megan. They yeah. just came separately. The the uh, microphone cover heralded the arrival. But yeah. Anyways, we're back. We're back, baby. We're back with My Sister Made Me View It, uh, where we're going to talk about Roswell today in the 1999 version. Uh, but before that... My name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. My name is Megan, and I should be writing a season outline for a show. (laughs) How's that coming so far? Bad. Uh, I haven't done anything today because I had a very traumatic dental visit this morning. (laughs) (laughs) You at least gave us a warning on Marco Polo before you told us about that. I do appreciate that. Basically... My dentist is a much tougher person than I am. And I have a, I don't want to say resistance to Iocane powder, um, (laughs) but I metabolize anesthesia really fast. So she gave me a shot to numb my mouth, but the work kept going past the shot's efficacy, like to the point where I had to like interrupt her and say, hey, uh i i need another shot like i can feel what you're doing and she says oh i'm almost done we won't give you another shot (laughs) (laughs) to the point i was squirming in the chair and like trying not to cry as she's like you know doing cavity feeling give her a bad review megan please for me i was so furious at the end of this when she's like like she was going she was, she was doing a tooth cleaning after the cavity filling and it was this with this water pick that is like the most high pressure it had a hook on the end so she was using the hook and the water itself to like really go in on my teeth hurt so bad and at the end of it she's like you're bleeding because you don't floss and i boo i was so mad <laughs> i was like i'm bleeding because you stabbed me in the gums <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Gross, anyway. gross, gross a rooney. We're going to have some interesting episodes in the future because remember how I said I didn't have an adrenal tumor? <gasps> yeah, I remember. Well, I don't have an adrenal tumor, but I do have an ovarian cyst that Ugh. has to come out. So I'm going to have surgery in a couple of weeks. 
and we're going to try and podcast during the week that I have to take off. Question. Yes. Is it any time between the 17th and the 1st? Yes. Those are the two weeks I have off between <gasps> Star Trek and you my do? new job. Yeah. <gasps> you can come see me. No. And I can take you out to dinner because no. you won. No. You won. I Wait, can't. then why did you tell me this? I'm not going to come visit you. I'm taking Aww. those two weeks off from everybody I know. Surgery. I know, but what I'm saying is we can podcast a lot. Okay, that also sounds great. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to do a road trip during my two weeks off, especially when I'll see you four weeks later for Thanksgiving. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But we will podcast all sorts of good things, like the episode we're going to do today this is Roswell season one, episode 14. It's called Blind Date. And honest to goodness, I think this one is my favorite one so far. It is lighthearted and adorable and whimsical. I really liked it. It is the best written episode so far. Um, they yes. have really good balance between their A, B, and C stories. A lot of great character stuff. And to you know what? I, I know it's not a ship that's going to happen, but I'm shipping Max and Kyle after this. <laughs> Kyle gets to shine in this one. I am so glad they have not made him like the typical bully, the typical jock. He has depth and breadth depth. to his character, and I love him. I love him. I love Kyle! <laughs> So if you guys recall, in the last few episodes, Max has been, we can't be together, Liz. It just won't work. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't think about me because I'm not going to be doing any of those things to you. It's over. We can't be together. <laughs> it's so dumb. And both of these children are super sad about it. And there's no reason they can't be together. Zero reasons they can't be together. I remember what it was like to be in high school and be an avid consumer of uh, YA media mm -hmm. and like feeling the, let's just say, narrative importance of all of my choices. Like I mm -hmm. was 100% this dramatic nonsense person in high school. So while me, <laughs> a 30-something-year-old now, wouldn't be like, we can't be together. I think at age 18, I absolutely would have been like, no, we can't. We can't do it. Listen, I agree with you. I'm sure. I'm sure if I went back and read my journal, it would it, it could have been a plot to Roswell at one point of like, oh, so-and-so broke up and I'm supposed to be friends with this person. But now I now I'm trying to help this person out. And you know what? A week later, they got back together anyway, like they did every single time. So you know what? That's just how the cookie crumbles. So anyways, everyone is sad because because they're not together. Liz and Maria and Alex are hanging out at the Crashdown Cafe. And there is some sort of radio station contest going on where there's going to be a blind date and they're randomly selecting someone. Alex is excited because there's going to be an, another contest where a local band will get to open there. It's going to be this huge concert for the whole, for the town. Um, and all through the episode, they're trying to decide if it's going to be Smash Mouth that's going to come play or Blink-182 or Oasis or Bare Naked Ladies. But they're going to pick a local band to open it up. And Alex has a band and he's really excited and thinks they have a fighting chance. So he's talking about auditioning and being a part of this concert. And Liz is just kind of poo-pooing the whole blind date thing about like you'd have to be so desperate to do that. And she's going on about how much she doesn't want to do it. And Maria's like, well, I think it's romantic. I'm like, yeah, Maria, it is romantic. <laughs> okay, but not everybody has the same taste in romance, let's say. And what some people might think is romantic, other people might say as, oh, this is deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Listen, and hey, I think I fall in both the camps. I'm like, it's super romantic. Don't make me do it. <laughs> it's romantic if you enter the contest and are wishing, hoping, and dreaming for it to happen to you. 
It is not romantic yes. if your friend enters you into the contest and you get ambushed. If she rollings reliable baking powders you. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens is the DJ and the whole like radio station shows up to the Crashdown Cafe to say, Liz Parker, you've won a blind date. And they're like, everyone is super excited. And Maria is jumping up and down and screaming and just, just like, ah, you won, you won, you won. And, and um, Liz is like, I didn't, I didn't enter. And she's like, I entered us. Like, I entered you for you. Like, I did this for you. And it gave me very much Diana Berry and Shirley Rowling's reliable baking powder feelings. Two questions. Have you ever entered someone else into a contest? Or have you yourself ever won a contest, like a drawing or something? I have not entered anyone into a contest because I think that is a huge violation of personal boundaries. But I did win something out of a contest. I won the ultimate unofficial guide to Harry Potter because I wrote into this, like, I think it was I Muggle remember Net. that. It would have been MuggleNet. I filled out the form and mailed something in every day. Sorry, mom and dad. I probably owe you guys about 30 stamps because I had to <laughs> physically mail it in. <laughs> Back in the day. I won. Back in the day. And I won it. And I have it. It's sitting on my shelf. So what about you? Have you sneakily entered anyone into a contest? No, but I have an uncanny ability to win the lottery drawings at Brandon Sanderson's book signings. I have won oh. uh, jewelry or t-shirts at every midnight book signing that I've attended. And <gasps> I have very fond memories of attending the, I believe it was the Oathbringer release. Mm -hmm. And this girl I've had a crush on since like junior high was there too. And I won a t-shirt and she was like, oh, I wish I could win something. And I said, hand me your ticket. And she's like, what? I'm like, I need to hold on to your ticket and concentrate. And she's like, uh, okay. And then they called her name at, or, or her ticket number and she got to go pick out her prize. And so that was me using my psychic powers for personal gain. Oh, I love that. <sighs> there you go. There's my story. Use your, your powers for good. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I won one of my guy friends something at the Arts Arcanum drawing as well. So there you go. Man, I need to hang out with you in person more yeah. often. Go to a Brandon drawing with me, you guys. I've got some sort of sway I over the... I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'll get spoiled. Just read faster. No, we'll, we'll, go to, we'll go to something like if Warbreaker 2 ever happens, we'll go to that. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Anyways, enough about our other podcast. Back to this podcast. Liz is super upset about having been entered because they're like, oh, Liz what do you think about this? And she's like, I can't say what I want to say because it's live radio and we'll all get in trouble if I do. <laughs> say what you want to say. She shows up to school the next day all say. in black. Long black sleeves. A say black right, hat pulled all I the way down. Black sunglasses. <laughs> she is truly incognito and she is so upset with Maria. She's so mad at Maria. <laughs> I would also, if... You know, I wouldn't want someone else's decisions to put me in the spotlight. Like, if I'm attention-seeking, give me the glory. But if someone's yeah. like, there she is! That's Mia Thermopolis! <laughs> <laughs> There's a slight snag in everybody's good times because the lead singer at Alex's band caught mono. And Maria says very snarkily that she's lucky that's all she caught. Um, and so Alex's band doesn't have a singer and they can't audition without a singer. And Maria is just like, ugh, Alex, stop begging. It's unbecoming. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'll do it. Jeez, <laughs> fine. And they have this fun little conversation where he's like, no, Maria, we need like a real singer. And she's like, excuse me. Maria is quite talented at getting her own way because he's like, look, Maria, I'm sure you're fine. And she's like, I'm just not good enough for you. Is that it? <laughs> he feels so bad. He invites her to come sing at their band. And she's like, great, I'll bring my own music. And he's like, what I get myself into? <laughs> Enter Kyle and Max. 
Hey, boys. So Max is sitting there looking so sad because everybody now knows that Liz is going on this blind date. And Kyle comes up and is like, hey, let's let's be sad together over Liz Parker. Um, (laughs) And Kyle is just like, wow, she really did a number on you. Because Max is so insistent that we didn't break up because we weren't together. Anyway, Kyle feels so bad for Max. I have to quickly interrupt because I would like to point out exactly what Kyle is doing when he approaches Max. Okay. So he's wearing this this button-up shirt with enough embroidery on front that I would call it a nice cowboy shirt. This is how I would classify it. And Kyle walks up with his hand stuck between the buttons on his shirt. He's doing I like, miss that. He's doing, it's around I think 417. He's striding up with like this and I'm sure it's something he's seen his dad do. That this is I was like say, that sounds like an old cowboy grandpa move. Yeah, like a fatherly pose and he just strides up and he's like Evans, I know your pain. And I'm like Kyle. <laughs> oh. Kyle, don't turn evil. He's very insightful. And he I feel like in another show they might they might have written him as coming over to gloat and being like now you know how it feels. But he comes over to like commiserate with Max. Like he doesn't have hard feelings. I think he he's more angry at Liz than he is at Max, which I think is great rather than like yeah. you stole my girlfriend. He he fully has blamed Liz for lying to him and dumping him. Yeah. And so I liked that about his character that he didn't throw the blame elsewhere, but that, you know, he places the blame squarely where it where it falls. Ugh. Okay. Max is grouchy and he has no one to blame but himself. <laughs> and Maria a little bit. <laughs> and Maria a little no, bit. It's it's but- Max Max's fault. Max stuck a stick in his own bicycle spokes. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) Why would Liz Parker do this? (laughs) So here's the thing. Michael wants to look for Nisato because he believes Nisato has left them clues. Nisato is the alien that they believe is running around um, who's also killed people. Yes. How did they know the name Nisato? I believe it was in an earlier episode and River Dog was the one who said, that's just what I called him. Oh, okay. I believe that's how that's how they figured out his name. Oh, okay. Cool. So don't, don't, if I end up being wrong, guys, I apologize. It's been many weeks since we recorded this and watched it. Michael wants to go looking for Nisato and Max says no, like puts his foot down of like we are not doing this and michael storms off you know angry as he should be and isabel's just like come on maybe we should do this like isabel is finally starting to get on board michael is starting to find listen he's got maria and he's got liz on his side but they don't have enough sway with max and max for some reason is being a total jerk about we have to stay low and we can't, you know, make waves or whatever, which also I understand why he would be so freaked out about it, but he wants everything to stay status quo. And Michael's sense of status quo is that life sucks and he doesn't want to stay at status quo. No, he doesn't. But Isabel's finally, finally, finally getting on board. She really is, you know, trying to sway Max, but Max is like, absolutely not. We're not looking for this murdering alien that murdered people and is a murderer. (laughs) But maybe he'll be better than my foster dad. Oh, Michael. Yeah. I'm so sad. But I'm, I'm so sad. I'm glad someone is finally helping Michael on his quest. Yes. Max's day gets worse. I loved this. I loved this scene, Megan. Do you want to tell him about it? Oh, oh no. The honor is yours. Okay. So the radio DJ has come to Crashdown Cafe and they're, you know, setting the scene for this blind date and they need to figure out what sort of person Liz wants to go on a date with. And so they start asking her questions about... (laughs) 
well, what kind of guy do you like? So Liz is sitting on one side of the cafe. Max is sitting on the other side of the cafe. Do you like blondes or brunettes? And she goes, well, I guess I like brunettes. With a brunette Max sitting on the other end of the thing. He's like, do you like homeboys or someone that's from out of town? And she's like, out of town. <laughs> do you like class clowns or brainiacs? And she's like, I've never been into clowns. <laughs> and the final one is like... Do you want everything to be status quo or do you like a challenge? And she's like, I would never back down from a challenge. <laughs> and so the guy's like, great, we're going to find you a brunette who's from out of town, who's like, you know, a brainiac and is a challenge. Who could this mystery man be? Right as like the camera just like, like zooms in on Max's face. And I'm like, you did this to yourself, sir. Stop looking so sorry for yourself. You did this to you. His little straw with the alien head on it. <laughs> Sipping his drink. Sipping his drink. Probably full of Tabasco juice. Tabasco sauce. Disgusting. Disgusting. Sorry, Meg. I feel like I've been talking the whole time. I apologize. Well, you can jump in. Actually, Emily, I just listened to our Haunting of Hale House episode six. <laughs> Uh-huh. And in that episode, I do nothing but steamroller you for like two hours straight. <laughs> and I'm trying to be a more conscientious podcast co-host. Thank you. And <laughs> let you do more talking, especially on the podcast of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> There was a stretch in there where I did not let you get a word in for like 15 straight minutes. I just (laughs) monologue. But you have so many good things to say. I appreciate your input. It's, it's, okay, so I haven't done a lot of social engagements since getting vaccinated. But I've done Mm -hmm. a few. And listen, I was a, I was a conversation steamroller before the pandemic hit. (laughs) And now I've had about a year and a half of only talking to my cats. And I just notice quite painfully how much space I take up in conversations now. (laughs) But I like the sound of my own voice and I think I'm fun to listen to. (laughs) Funny, funny person. (laughs) Well, I'll keep talking then if if that's how it's going to be. Do it. (laughs) So um, Alex and his band uh, had a kind of disastrous, I would call it, first meeting with Maria because she shows up and she's like, oh, you guys aren't bad, but this lagged and I'd speed up the tempo and I turned down the reverb, but "Ah, you guys aren't too bad. And she, listen, I think she has some very good points because they're like, we're going to play our original stuff. And she's like, you're auditioning for a radio station. And what do radio stations do? They play the popular songs. And so right away, the band and Maria are butting heads. But the time comes for them to audition. And she's late because she has been helping Liz out with this interview. And they've been kind of vamping and playing their own music. And you can tell the people listening to them are like, okay, uh, didn't you already play that one? And they're like, no, we played Love Kills. But that one was hurt by a lot. Like... they are not doing well in this audition and maria runs in is like oh thank you for waiting this is my band and they're like wow she's cute and and you know it's 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 very much hey maria this this girl looks cute we can put her in front of a crowd sort of a thing and they get ready to perform to audition and the camera cuts right away before we even get to hear her sing. And I was very upset. Like they they set it all up and I'm ready to listen to Maria sing. And it's just like hard cut to the next scene. And I'm like, no, no. See, and I was actually. I like musicals. Oh, okay. I was actually relieved when that happened because it meant that her voice was going to be good. Oh. Um, because if she was bad, we would have seen her singing badly. And then the problem of the episode would have been. Alex trying to find a way to tell Maria she doesn't have a good voice. Oh, but okay. since they cut away from it, I'm like, oh, okay, the actress is going to be a good singer and it's going to be treated like 
a huge revelation that her voice is so amazing. I thought this was one of the sweetest scenes of the whole episode because um, Isabel is getting ready to go to the concert or whatever and Michael sneaks in her window and it's time for <laughs> Isabel and Michael adventure time! Adventure time! Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to very distant lands with Max the kid and Isabella the model. The fun it never ends. Adventure time! <laughs> So Michael is ready to go find Macedo. And Isabel's kind of like, ooh, well, Max kind of said not to. and But you can tell she really wants to help Michael. And then Michael kind of lets it slip. He goes, I don't need another father. I just need Macedo. Or he, he says something to the effect that we realize Michael firmly believes Macedo is his father, his alien <gasps> father. Emily. Emily. What? You know, this whole time I've been like, Kyle, don't turn evil. Mm -hmm. I just suddenly got deeply afraid of Michael going bad. Uh-oh. Like. What would that entail? Like Zeke from <laughs> the Young Jedi Knight books. Oh, no. <laughs> where so it's bad. like, he's our friend, but we grew up with, you know, parents that provided for and loved us. And you grew up a street kid and... We can't see past our own privilege to, like, really understand or help you, even though we have warm and positive feelings for you. And you get persuaded by the dark side to abandon your friends and go all sithy. So I'm I'm staking in a new fear right now for me. Sith Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on. Sith Michael, watch. We'll write it down. We'll write it down. Michael invites Isabel to come with him. Like, he wants to share this with someone. He doesn't want to do it by himself. And Isabel's like, oh, but Alex got us tickets and I really want to go see it. Because, you know, she and Alex are kind of an on-again, off-again thing. And Michael just goes, well, it's either the concert or we go find out where we come from. And it's kind of <laughs> like there's no, there's no contest there at all. Nope. Liz is getting ready for her date. And this scene, oh, this scene. She's getting ready for her date. She's really, really nervous. And Max shows up on her balcony. And it is this beautiful scene, you guys, about he's like, I love you and I've always loved you and you're the one for me. And they have this intimate, <laughs> deep, romantic kiss. And it's not even real. It's not. It's not even real. She imagined the whole thing. And that's the first time they've kissed. Wait, is this the first time they've kissed in this series? No. No, it's not. Because I've been cheering for okay. the kiss, like, for a while. Okay. Right? But. I feel like. Listen, this is. So we started recording this in November of last year, and now it's October of this year, and we are only on Roswell episode 14. So that puts us at like an average of three and a half weeks per record. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Because if it's their first kiss kiss, I'm going to be, I'm going to be upset that it's so good and it's, it's a dream. It was only just a dream. Um, but the time has come for Liz to face up and they bring out her date. And it is a college freshman from, I want to say, New Mexico College. And I was like freaking out at first. I'm like, why are they having a college boy? But I'm like, if he's a freshman, then he's maybe one or two years older than her. And I get that that can be, like, a weird and inappropriate gap because I remember being in high school and having a friend who was a senior date a sophomore and we all were yucked out. So, <laughs> but Liz is a senior, right? No, I think she's a sophomore. If we're going to be what? honest, I think she's a sophomore. Because the series is three seasons long. Oh, I didn't know they were in high school all of those seasons. I was thinking, like, yeah. one season, two seasons high school max and then college. And by Max, nope. I mean the measurement. Okay, well then, this is skeevy. What's up with these radio perps? <laughs> I don't know. The DJ is so excited about this, though. Like, nothing can, nothing can dampen his enthusiasm. And it is so awkward for everyone involved. Like, at one point, um, 
they're on their date and like they're in this little little restaurant and no one it looks like no one else is in the restaurant it looks like they're alone and then it pans and everyone is just like face planted against the window from outside staring in and the radio station dj and like like dozens of other people are there with the recording equipment and the cameras and the microphones and anytime Liz or this other guy Doug makes any sort of conversation the DJ is like oh they said this it seems like the evening's going well like they are live he's live tweeting before Twitter was a thing <laughs> Emily this but is he's talking go ahead oh, I was gonna say this is super off topic and not actually part of our podcast okay but what <laughs> What if I quit animation and just become an author? <laughs> I mean... That's stupid. I need to finish a book before I quit animation. <laughs> yes. Okay, back yes, on track. So um, while all of this is happening, Max is listening on the radio. Yeah, he <laughs> He's is. listening to the day live in his bed. So sad. But buddy, you did this to yourself. Like... I don't, I don't know what else you want me to do about this. When he hears someone yelling for him outside and it's Kyle and a bunch of his friends who are all drunk. Listen, I love this episode, but it's weird to watch something that like, how do I, how do I put this without sounding like a, like a weird person, but like most most after school specials are don't do drugs don't drink don't do any of this stuff i feel like this episode max gets peer pressured into drinking alcohol because kyle's just like one sip one sip what's it gonna do kill you no it won't it's gonna dull the pain like kyle is preaching (laughs) alcohol (laughs) abuse and it's just like it's fine and I'm just like, ooh, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, not great. Not great. But the plot of the whole thing is that Max takes a sip of alcohol and gets hammered, sloshed, wasted. <laughs> Apparently aliens are so susceptible that it's su- it is a good thing that Michael and Isabel's parents aren't Catholic. <laughs> or, else, <laughs> or else we would have found this out horribly a long time ago <laughs> oh goodness oh goodness it is so funny though it's it's played for laughs and they do it great because it's just max and kyle for most of the rest of the episode and max is using his powers and kyle keeps barely missing it just barely and max is just like oh secret keeper max wouldn't tell you to your face that you're a terrible person kyle but the real max will and he talks about like i've been hiding for so long and they end up they end up in liz's bedroom because um oh my gosh okay i love this scene so they're on liz's rooftop and Kyle's back is turned and Max does molecular magic and like um, graffitis a heart onto the onto the wall that says like M-E plus L-P, you know, and and <laughs> Kyle's just like, listen, listen, I, we're friends, right? So I want to know how far you got with Liz. And I'm like, gross, Kyle, gross, <laughs> stop, Kyle. And he's like, come on, come on come on come on and so max is like we saw into each other's souls <laughs> i was like yes i love that part i just i love this episode it Me is adorable too. and cheesy it's so cute it, it's so cute it gives me extremely strong galvant vibes of we're <laughs> off on a secret mission <laughs> um because these two boys are just high on the wings of love and there's just this one part of the conversation where they've you know decided that they're absolutely best friends forever and they're like i know exactly how to fix this problem we'll share liz between us (laughs) where like i have her on some nights and like you have her other nights and they're like it's perfect and they're just so there's they've 
been bonded so tightly over their mutual adoration of this girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they've gone to win her back and they end up in her bedroom. Around the same time, Doug and Liz have ditched the DJs and everybody and have run to find somewhere safe. And they go back to the Crashdown Cafe where I'm like, listen, if you guys were really trying to like find somewhere safe, this is not a good place to be. Um, because they obviously find, you know, find them. <laughs> They're like, Liz, this is where they interviewed you. It's your home address. Yeah. And um, so she runs upstairs with Doug in tow to the bedroom. All three boys are confronted with each other. The DJ shows up and it's like drama, 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 drama. Because Kyle and Max are drunk. Doug is like, what the heck is going on? And the DJ is like, it's the exes. Yes. Like drama. This is exactly what he's been waiting for. Um, Liz takes Max and runs off. And it's like, we have to get you somewhere safe. You are drunk. Um, I think she's very relieved that she has a chance to like break away for like a, a legit opportunity, not just to be like, oh, I don't want to do the date anymore, but She's legitimately worried about Max because he's drunk and saying things that he shouldn't be saying and doing things he shouldn't be doing. And so she runs to protect him. When Max is drunk, this is the happiest we've ever seen him. This is the most we've ever seen him smile ever. The whole previous 13 episodes combined, he is a happy, happy kid. And he is so excited about getting Liz back and winning her back. He is giddy over this, and it's adorable. <laughs> and this follows the most romantic stuff of the scene <laughs> so far, where he just uses his powers to, like, turn car alarms on and have it, like, play music box music and have sparklers erupt from parking meters. And he talks about how you're my dream girl, Liz, and I love you so much the sacred and Liz is there (laughs) I know Liz is there having to be like well what about tomorrow when you don't feel like this anymore like she realizes I think good for her I really like this about her that she wasn't like tell me more and like living in the fantasy she's like this is not real Max the what you were talking the way you're talking is not real oh I just I don't know I don't know like I think that would be so hard. She is basically in, like, she's basically in this position where he's saying everything she's ever wanted him to say, and it's not real. I think that's more hurtful than anything else. Especially because by the end of this scene, he's convinced her that, no, no, I, it's different. It's going to be like this. I mean it. I promise. Yeah. Uh, Quick sidebar, Mm -hmm. Liz's hair. Mm-hmm. very late 90s early 2000s perfect prompt look yes tight pulled back big curls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have lots of pictures with my hair like that for dances that's how you did your hair my hair is naturally curly so like getting it like sucked against your skull and then fake curls anyways interesting big but yeah talking about like oh the drama of relationships and stuff but yeah like oh just, oh, I just feel so bad for her. I feel so bad for her because I just, I just do. You know who, Megan, I'm really talking through the whole thing. Are you sure there's nothing you want to be yeah. saying? No, yes. Okay, okay. You got to realize, Emily, the proportion of time that I spend talking on our podcast greatly outstrips the amount of time that you get to talk on our podcast. Like, okay, Hill House is your pick of show but i will go off Mm -hmm. on these like 10 minute tirades all the time all right um you know who else i'm feeling really bad for right now whomst michael yeah i feel really bad because he is with isabel they go to i believe it's the library and he starts pulling out all this research he's done he's like i had this dream about this constellation and he goes it's Aries the Ram, by the way. And he goes into all of this research that he's done. And he's like, and if you line this up at this point, when it's in the sky, he's like, which is in April, by the way, I did the research. Like he, 
we have not seen him do this, but you can obviously tell he, this has been like his life's goal. Uh-huh. Like all the stuff with Atherton, you know, him trying to find the key, him wanting a family so bad. He has just pinned all of his hopes and dreams on this. And he's figured out that like Niseto has left them a message of like where to contact him and everything. And he and Isabel are there and they light the symbol in the grass and nothing happens. <laughs> Niseto doesn't come. And Michael's show. like, I bet you think I'm really stupid. And Isabel's like, you are not stupid. Because Michael is like, Niseto is the only one that we have. He's the only one who's like us. And Isabel's just like, we have each other. Isn't that enough? And like, there's this really tender moment between the two of them where they really are all that each other have, these three people. And I don't blame Michael for wanting to bring more into his life, you know, with his Mm -hmm. terrible, abusive foster, his bad foster situation. And Max and Isabel have each other all the time as siblings. And even though, like, they have Michael too, it's almost like he doesn't really have anybody. Yeah. And I love that Isabel is there to support him because I think she's afraid she might lose Michael, but she's there supporting him of, like, this is what you wanted, this is what you want to do. But I'm here for you. Ah. I just... Listen, ah. this is... This is part one of the Sithification of Michael. I mean, this is exactly how it works in Star Wars with <laughs> Anakin as well. Young men with good intentions and desires are outcasts from society and are swayed by... Listen, I just, I don't want him to join the bad guys. I would love if there was like a huge twist like Isabel joined the bad guys, but I don't, I don't think that will happen. I'm not going to tell you what happens. <sighs> we get to the concert and Maria is too afraid to go on stage. Oh, no. Um, you want to tell what happens? So it's concert time, and Maria is just terrified. She's she's nervous, and it's like it's to the point where they're like on stage, right? And she walks back off stage again. Anyway, uh, Alex comes backstage to cheer her on, and... It's it's like this cute friend moment in the wings where Maria's like, listen, I've I've sung for people before, but I've never stood in front of a crowd like that. Like I haven't even stood in front of a crowd. Like forget singing. Oh yeah, by the way, there's there's a talent agent here who's here to see her. Anyway, uh, Alex does the thing I love when Maria's head is down to the ground. He very carefully takes her face in his and tips it up to look for him to look at him, and he's like. Listen, you can, you know, you can do it. It's cute. And like, she's grabbing his shoulder. Anyway, this is fun. This is, this is good friend times. And so before the singing can start, cause they're like, oh, hey, the show must go on. We, we uh, I'll, I'll just jump back in. So the dude from the radio comes into the club and he's like, I've got Liz and her dream man, Doug, and two of her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> It is a spectacle. It's a spectacle. They are parading and and Kyle is wasted. And Max is like coming close and Liz just goes to Alex and Maria. She's like, I can't control them. I can't control them. You have to help me, please. Because, because at one point, Max is looking at Doug and is like, I think you'd look better as a blonde and like reaches up to molecular molecule his hair. Ugh. It's, it's, I wish he had. I mean, I know then the secret would be out, but, um, and so the radio guy is like, okay, choose your Valentine. Okay, sidebar, Emily, are we to believe this is happening on the weekend of actual Valentine's Day? No, I don't think so. I think this is just, like, a publicity stunt. But... Because it's the it's, Choose Your Valentine show. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. If if it is, they did a poor job. Because they did a poor job saying this is what time frame it is. Because we haven't had a Christmas episode yet. So the show started in September. And we're on episode mm-hmm. 14. And if it was 14 right. weeks from September, that puts us smack dab in Christmas times. Yeah, but they, I mean, they haven't. 
they haven't said anything yet, so I don't know if it's just anyway. They figure like if love is, and romance yeah. and Valentine's go together. Whatever, if it is so. Valentine's, there's a suspicious number of Christmas lights on their street. But again, <laughs> I think that's because the lighting team for the show is very creative in their use of practical lights within a scene to light the shot. Oh, so Liz is up on stage with the her her three boys, including her ex boyfriend. Lyle, as the announcer keeps calling him. Uh, Emily, what does she do? She and Matt kiss on the stage. <laughs> In-depth kiss. And they see into each other's souls again. Like, we see all the important moments of their relationship. Back from when they were kids to, you know, all the adventures they've had so far. And... It's enough to sober Max up. And he he abruptly leaves. Ugh, like, goes, walks off the stage. And Liz runs after him and is just like, hey, did you mean everything you said? And he's like, ooh, what did I say? He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. Alcohol, the evils of it. <laughs> I'm so upset about this. I'm actually really surprised um, mm-hmm. that this show doesn't mention stuff about how it's bad for teens to be drinking. Because I feel like that's that's kind of what I was going for. But I think I, I yeah, it's weird that they're like alcohol. Right. They're like alcohol. It makes you funny. It makes you fun. Look at these teens drinking. It makes you forget your problems. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Can I first say that uh, drunk um, drunk Kyle excuses himself from the stage just before this happens? Uh, because the, the oh, announcer right. guy is like, who will it be? Will it be Doug? Will it be Max? What do you have to say, Kyle? And Kyle leans in close to the microphone. He's like, I'm really just honored to be nominated and I have to go throw up. which is like hey relatable anyway max is stupid yeah he really is but then we're distracted from it all because who comes out on stage in her lace crop top and her sparkly necklace and bracelets it's maria it's maria and she sings and she's very good surprise just kidding I knew she was going to be good. And so the ending, you know, the the whole evening kind of ends on a high for Maria and the band and a low for everybody else because Max doesn't remember anything he said. Liz is crushed. Michael and Isabel feel like they failed. But did they? Did they fail? They did not. Because uh, we see a pair of legs walking across the screen. She's got legs, you idiot! <laughs> um, walking across the, the screen out where Isabel and Michael were and the person uses alien powers to light a fire and to light up the symbol and he burns a photo in the fire and it's a photo of Isabel, Michael, and Max <laughs> taken um, without their knowledge. I mean, it, it looks like a very candid shot as they're walking down the street looking at each other and talking and uh, the stranger just walks off into the night. <laughs> and it's... Wow. It's I, uh, very mysterious. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> so that's how the episode ends. We had a ton of up and downs. And... It's a very emotional episode. Oh. Yeah. Liz opened her heart again and got punished for it. And listen, we're going to go into a little... We're going to go into a little meta-narrative here. Okay. Liz's parents do not emotionally reciprocate for her. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She is very independent and very self-sufficient. and Very competent. Yeah. And she is a girl who always does what she's supposed to do because she's very self-motivated and she keeps herself on track. She keeps herself in check. And one of the things she feels like she was supposed to do is, well, you're supposed to date. The guy you've known forever that likes you. When mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that she doesn't reciprocate back those feelings. And I feel Max is the first time that she's been, I don't want to say bad. Because like Liz isn't making bad choices. I mean, she's still making 
she's still helping people out and trying to be a good person and like trying to keep the aliens covered. But this is the first time she's doing stuff that is unexpected of her. Out on a limb. Out, out on a box. limb. And she keeps getting emotionally punished for it. And it's very sad. And like, I bet you anything, the next person to make romantic overtures will be Max again. And Liz is going to be like, hey, buddy, you're mean to me. <laughs> you're mean to me and I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's just a rough, a rough thing all the way around. It's just a because, rough. Because, yeah, she is that... We've talked about this before. She likes being in control. She likes being organized. She likes knowing exactly what's coming next. And this whole alien thing, Max especially, I feel has really thrown her for a loop. And she probably feels like she's adrift a little bit. And I think she is going to be looking for a place to like put her feet down and get her feet back underneath her. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Come on, Max. Just give into it. Let yourself love. <laughs> if Okay, listen. If he could come up with a good enough reason why they can't be together rather than whatever, I don't even think he's given a reason. It's like, it's too dangerous. I'm like, you brought her into this, buddy. This is squarely on your shoulders. Listen, do you remember the Animorphs? Yes, I do. Remember how the Animorphs were like, we can't all eat lunch together and we have to pretend to not be friends. Because then mm-hmm. the Yerks might connect us to the Andalite bandits. Even though right. there are six Andalite bandits and only four middle schoolers that regularly attend school. And <laughs> Jake and Rachel are cousins. And Cassie and Jake like each other. And there is every logical reason why this group would be a friend group. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is... Kids are bad at figuring out what covert means. Yeah. (laughs) They're very bad at deliberately acting natural because, I'll say it right now, teenagers are just weird. They're just weird and random, and it's not their fault. Their prefrontal cortexes are developing. (laughs) We were that way at one point. (laughs) Oh, man, I was weird. I was a weird teenager and early 20ers. I think I was like Liz. Yeah? I think I was like Maria. (laughs) Yeah. I think I would have, I wanted to be like Isabel. I would have wanted to be an Isabel, but no, I think I was, I was Liz of never skip class, never talk Mm -hmm. out of turn. You're in this nice little box. I'm trying to, I think I might be halfway between Maria and Alex. Yeah, I could see that for sure. They're both free spirits. Mm -hmm. Alex had his band. I've always wanted to be in a band. I think that would be fun. I would need to learn how to play an instrument first. You like can, I can play, play the, the piano, piano and the violin. Band. Yeah. I wanted to play the guitar. I would love to learn to play the guitar. I think that would be such a cool skill to have. Do it. I would like to, but do I'm it. not putting Coward. this on the podcast. But <laughs> Megan, do you know how difficult it is to play the guitar with giant boobs? I do. Because I have both giant knockers and a deliberately skinny guitar. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Will you tell me where you got yours? Because I would buy one. We'll have to get you a a really good sports bra. (laughs) Um, Just strap them down. (laughs) Supposed to strap them down, not push them up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get... We'll get you one of those uh, horse jumping brassiers. And <laughs> just like... <laughs> just I get, pass out as I play. <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> no, what you need to do is you need to learn to play the guitar standing up, but with a really mm-hmm. long strap. So you hold it under the boobies. <laughs> and you just play it down low. I play it down like like on the floor. <laughs> oh, you should just get an upright bass. <laughs> cello. Do, be unique. Start a band with a cello. Oh, wait. Piano guys okay. did that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I figured it out. One man okay. band outfit. You know, with the oompa, oompa, oompa. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the symbols on my head. Yep, and the little harmonica. <laughs> I like that. Uh, All right. Step in time. Step in time. Something, something. Step in time. <laughs> well, we have two more podcast episodes to record tonight because we're trying to get back ahead before Emily is knocked off her feet. Oh, hey, maybe when they go in to take out your cyst, they can Amazonian style just thwack one of them off so you can play I would really have to commit to my new lifestyle of no, a band we member. Can, we can we can find other things for you. We'll find a solution. Alrighty. Um, before we leave, Meg, I want to hear your guesses for next the next week's episode. I it s- is going to be season one, episode fifteen, called Independence Day. Do not click on it. Do not look at the synopsis. Okay. Tell me from your heart. All right. So from my heart, I'm thinking references to the movie Independence Day. All right. I've never seen that movie. I watched it for the first time this 4th of July. Uh Uh-huh. It was pretty fun. I was at a pool party. Anyway, uh, I'm thinking either because it can't be, it can't be 4th of July America's Independence Day. Because that's in summer vacation, and I feel like we would have gotten more hints of how the school year was progressing before that happened. Mm-hmm. So I am thinking it's going to be movie references to Independence, or, or, wait, no, they're too young. I was like, Mac, Michael turns 18, and he's an independent adult now, but something happened on Independence Day. Sheriff's going to be involved again, because he wasn't in this episode at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a memory of something that happened. Oh, and na nas 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 dis does ni. What's the dude's name? <laughs> okay, you tried so hard, and I'm very proud I of really you. Did. I was I was hoping if I just kept saying syllables that something would gel, but unfortunately not. Nisado. Okay. I wonder if that's an anagram of something. Maybe. What would it be an anagram of? Well, just a sec. I have to write it down. (laughs) Nasado. D's nuts. No. (laughs) Andos. Dozney. Good at anagrams. Backwards, the name is Odazen. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Mr. Polsky's coming back, though. Okay, no more Mr. Polsky. I'll write that down. Uh, well, Meg, this has been a blast. Thank you for sitting and uh, podcasting with me. But... I gotta get back to my book. I gotta... No, we're recording two more podcasts tonight. Oh, wait. We're keeping up the illusion of people with a normal, regular schedule. So, I mean, I have to get back to writing my season outline. Good luck. I believe in you. I believe in you. Ready? Ready? Break! so much for joining us for my sister made me view it the roswell 1999 edition well another episode has come and gone and this time i know we say this every time but i have pictures on our twitter tumblr and instagram all queued up and ready to go and it is a picture of me wearing my my sister made me view it sweatshirt that our other sister got for us Oh, and you're also going to see, guess what Meg got me for Christmas? It's so adorable. So you guys know the scene in Sleeping Beauty where Meriwether and Fiona are arguing over the dress. Make it pink, make it blue. She got me an ornament of that scene. And she's like, this is us when we talk about Roswell. (laughs) I treasure it so much. So I'm also going to put that picture on there so you guys can see that. So you can check us out at... Sis made me view it, all one word, 
all lowercase. You can find us on, like we said, Twitter, sometimes Tumblr, and Instagram. A special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful music. And join us on January 19th when our next Way of Kings episode is going to come out. And then you can join us on January 26th when our next Roswell episode's coming out. Yay! Anyways, you guys are really great. We appreciate you. And uh, we appreciate all the reviews and love you've been giving us. Uh, if you have not, if you'd consider starting the new year off right and doing that for us, we'd appreciate it and love you forever. Thanks. Anyways, we really do love you. And we really think that this year is going to be your year. You're going to do amazing things. Like, you're going to kick 2022's butt. It's going to be kicked. There's no question about this. So, go forth, do all the butt kicking, and remember, we believe in you.